introductions are always a bit embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are really, uh, they say, uh, he, the American uh, Sumato uh, was in the was a medical officer in the Navy, and uh, <laughs> 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 built it up into something that I wasn't at all. <laughs> But anyway, this evening is a, a reflection on the uh, sense of of uh, our sense of ourselves as being a person or personality, and uh, I think that uh, when when we when you're contemplating the Dhamma, the teachings of the Buddha, then it it's a very skillful uh, teaching to be able to see what what a personality really is, the sense of our own separateness, individuality, and the, our, our perceptions of ourselves as, as, as a person that's separate from the rest. And as people are beginning to understand the nature of consciousness more and more, because God, the subject of consciousness is, is now kind of a, a subject that many uh, kind of scientists are beginning to take an interest in. Uh, consciousness is, is experience that we all have and yet probably is is the least understood. Uh, like the, the, I've been reading this this book called The Quantum Self uh, and it's a, a woman a scientist, physicist in Oxford is exploring the, the, uh, the, the experience of consciousness I'm trying to find my kind of physical base for consciousness. Is it, is it, is it in the brain or is it this or that? And uh, of course, it's like trying to find your real self. You, you're not, uh, you know, the more you try to, to find out who you really are, uh, you can, it's like just going around in circles. You'll be chasing after shadows or or like a, uh, a cat uh, trying to, to grasp its own tail. Uh, you can't really get hold of anything for very long and it, and it's, and it vanishes. Because the, the self is really something that isn't, isn't really a problem. It's not a matter of, of who we are, what we are. Uh, the, the delusions are around the uh, perceptions of what we are. The, the conditioning of the mind that we acquire uh, after birth. Now when, when, when you're born, like a newborn child, is conscious, but it, but it has no sense of it being a, a person, a personality. This is something that's instilled into to us as we grow up. We're told we're, we're with all kinds of implications, assumptions are given to us through our uh, parents, through our peers, through everything, uh, the society that we live in, is continually feeding us information about what we are, what we should be. And so the, the uh, say the, the thrust of meditation is to begin to realize the true nature of mind that say that it wasn't, that isn't conditioned by perception, cultural conditioning, or thought or memory. Uh, and this, uh, of course, is, is uh, the more we try to think about it and try to find it as something, as, as this or that, then we're, we're, like, we're creating an image that we're trying to realize rather than just stopping and letting go of that desire to find or to grasp anything and just trust in just the attentiveness of the mind, the, the mindfulness uh, uh, in the moment, the momentary presence of being. The personality is something that that is conditioned and we, we're um, 
when we think about ourselves, we, we, we become somebody. To, be, to become a person, you have to start thinking and remembering. Uh, when, when you're not thinking, uh, when, the, when the mind's quite empty, then there's no sense of a, of a person. There's still consciousness and uh, the sensitive state that we exist in, but it's not seen in terms of, of being uh, a person or being a man or a woman or being anything other than, than just being aware of what's uh, happening, of what the feeling is, what the mood is, the, the, the atmosphere that one is, is experiencing in this moment. So we can uh, oftentimes call this intuitive awareness, the, the intuitive mind, the, the here and now uh, uh, intelligence of the mind that is natural, uh, a part of nature, that is universal and isn't programmed and conditioned by thought or memory or perception. Now, one of the big problems in meditation is like taking ourselves seriously. And like Dennis was saying last evening, sometimes religious people, uh, people that are on a spiritual path, uh, or people that are seeking the truth, or want to realize uh, ultimate reality, or or feel they have a mission. I mean, oftentimes these this this kind of thinking is uh, makes us kind of take ourselves very seriously. We have a sense of our self-importance and our mission in life and that we've, we're not just frivolous, uh, ordinary type people uh, just living life, just buying, going shopping in, in the supermarket <clears throat> and watching television. We're dedicated toward uh, serious things such as realizing the truth. And of course this is uh, this is uh, this has its advantages in the fact that we 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 might uh, uh, give up just uh, lesser kind of activities for more uh, say serious ones, but the the process of course tends to reinforce our self-importance, and this is where uh, oftentimes we find arrogance and conceit arising in the in the uh, spiritual path. The sense of ourself uh, that is based on, say, moral precepts or uh, uh, an, an altruistic goal, a sense of ourself as, as being a, maybe a special endowed being that's come onto the planet to, to realize the truth. We can get into these, these exaggerated positions of being a messiah. We get some of those sometimes at Amravati. <laughs> <laughs> Strange characters coming in and announcing to us that, that they're uh, an avatar of some sort, or Maitreya Buddha. Because this, these are, uh, we can, this, this conceit, this arrogance of, of of our human state is, is uh, we can see, is, is a problem that's been going on since the Adam and Eve, or since Lucifer was, uh, was uh, thrown out of heaven. That the kind of hubris and overweening pride uh, that a human being uh, can, uh, can, meaning that they can take themselves so seriously that they, they lose all perspective. Humor is 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 uh, something that that helps us to see the absurdity of maybe our own uh, self obsessions, and in uh, say monastic life, we uh, the the problem say in, in a monastery in in people becoming monks and nuns is that that we oftentimes become very uh, incredibly serious about our our moral purity or our our discipline. Uh, our position, our, our, our dedication to the holy life. And so we need to have uh, humor in order to, to point to the absurdity uh, of these particular problems. 
So you oftentimes see the, the humor of, in, in here in Britain, oftentimes they have cartoons of monks uh, who are doing foolish things. Or who, they, I mean, monks are a kind of, maybe a, a, a kind of clown or buffoon uh, in, in the uh, worldly, to a worldly mind, because uh, we, we tend to, uh, say, live in a way that, that lends itself towards a kind of absurdity. And, and to a worldly person it can look like, uh, um, like we, we make problems out of nothing, or we, <coughs> we're, we're making life unnecessarily difficult or complicated for ourselves or for others. Religious conventions uh, that we have, uh, they, being in the, say, the Theravada uh, school, uh, the, the uh, emphasis on Vimya discipline, uh, on practicing meditation, uh, on the, the purity of a tradition. Uh, all of these concepts are, are what we call right but not true, true but not right. And uh, our teacher in Thailand used to say this quite often, but because, because uh, we can say something that's quite right, but because we're grasping this righteous view, of it, it's not necessarily true all the time. Or something can be true uh, all the time, but it's not necessarily right at this moment. And uh, so that we, we can just contemplate this, this, uh, this kind of paradox of something being true but not right, right but not true. One time I went to see a teacher who said, um, said you don't need the discipline, all the Vinaya rules, all you have to do is be mindful. Mindfulness is enough. So I went back and told Ajahn Chah and he said, True but not right, right but not true. <laughs> because ultimately you don't need rules, you know, it's just mindfulness. Mindfulness is, is, the, is the way. But in, say, because uh, most of us don't start out from the, the, the top, from the, from the, already, from the enlightened uh, experience, we more or less have to use expedient means. To, to contemplate, to, to develop mindfulness with. So, say, meditation techniques, uh, disciplinary rules, uh, forms of renunciation, of relinquishing, all these are, say, are tools for reflection and for mindfulness. The religious life is, is a life of, say, renunciation. We're we're renouncing, or we're abandoning, or we're letting go of things. And yet, to the to the worldly mind, this sounds like uh, that we're, you know, like we're getting rid of something, like we're 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 condemning the world and the the sense world and the pleasures and the beauty uh, that we all can experience as human beings. We're we're kind of rejecting all this uh, because we see it as maybe in some way of seeing it as, as uh, evil or bad or, or uh, wrong. But renunciation isn't, isn't a, a moral judgment against anything, but it is a movement towards simplicity. Moving away from that which complicates and makes life difficult toward, say, what is increasingly uh, to, to the ultimate simplicity of pure mindfulness in the present moment. Because enlightenment is here and now. The truth is now. And mindfulness is now. And uh, it, th there's, uh, there's never, there's not anyone who is, is uh, can become anything. Uh, there's not anyone who was ever really born or will die. Uh, but th there's only the, the, this present, this eternal now. <coughs> This, as it is now, this awareness now, is what we can tune into. 
So in mindfulness, we're kind of letting go of the, of the appearances or the habitual tendencies, the habits that we've acquired toward just this, this uh, simple reflection on the present. Now we can say this, and, and, and you can understand uh, and what I'm saying, and, and it sounds all quite simple, but the tendency of the mind is to, of course, uh, make it into a problem. We don't have the faith or the, or the trust or the uh, willingness to just totally let go in the moment. So there's always, uh, we're always say, creating some kind of, of a doubt or feeling of uncertainty or, or bewilderment about such a statement. Enlightenment is now. So you have these different, different schools, the, the instant and the gradual. Say, enlightenment is now, instant enlightenment. And then, then the other is, uh, you have to do it gradually, stage by stage, step by step. And both are true but not right, right but not true. <laughs> but they're just different ways of contemplating and reflecting on the experience of a moment. Now, the, the instant enlightenment is very tempting, isn't it? To, because uh, stage by stage, step by step, lifetime by lifetime, it all, uh, even though we 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 tend to uh, understand that is is probably the more reasonable approach. The uh, the offering of instant enlightenment is is uh, is the the modern mind really would like to get it instantly. Like LSD back thirty years ago was considered. You take an LSD tablet and you instantly enlightened. You don't have to go through. The kind of monastic training and giving up things. You just buy a LSD tab and, and you've got it. Instant enlightenment. So the the thinking mind, we have to recognize its limitation of that that instant and gradual are just ways of reflecting. They're not positions that we take. That um, that enlightenment, we, we need to, to uh, say, what do we really mean? What what is enlightenment, say, for a human being? Because we can we can take the word itself and we can think of it in as some kind of absolutely kind of fantastic experience of uh, where they where they were we're uh, completely taken over by by uh, by the light, and we're totally transformed from a from a selfish, deluded human being into a uh, a completely wise one. We can see it as 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 something very great and grand because it it tends we we tend to regard it in terms of a superlative as something extraordinary, something almost fantastic, something. Uh, seemingly unattainable. So, in such words as realizing nibbana, enlightenment, liberation, moksha, all these words that that convey the the uh, the uh, the ultimate experience of freedom from delusion, uh, these words themselves tend to be uh, exalted and put onto some kind of extreme. Uh, level of experience that that our thinking mind, the sense of ourselves as a person, we most of us feel we couldn't possibly reach such a such a high state because the the personality view is very much one of of seeing ourselves in terms of of uh, negative problems that we have the critic the, the 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 we tend to to emphasize what's wrong, the faults and weaknesses, the bad habits that we feel we have or that are obstructions to this experience of enlightenment. So the thinking mind, the conditioned mind that, that was conditioned out of ignorance, out of not understanding things properly, is 
the, the, these kind of thoughts, these kind of emotions cannot be trusted. We cannot depend on them as being uh, anything more than conditions that arise and cease in the mind. So, some of the advice I generally give is whatever you think you are, that's not what you are. <laughs> what, uh, the, the, the sense of yourself, that is uh, something to, uh, to observe in terms of dharma rather than in terms of, say, analyzing it uh, with your conditioned mind, with the perceptual uh, perceptions of your mind. So that the, the uh, aim of Buddhist meditation is to, say, let go of these conditions of the mind, which doesn't mean denying or getting rid of or judging them, but, but not uh, believing them, not following them, not grasping them, listening to them, recognizing them as dharma, as, as conditions of the mind, what arise what arises will cease. So this, the, uh, the morning talks I've been giving, the, the, the attitude of just awakened, attentive awareness, learning to trust in just being the listener or the witness, the watcher, rather than in somebody who's trying to meditate in order to get some kind of result. When we emphasize our personality, then we do create problems. There's always, we're, because the personal qualities are different for each one of us. And we, we uh, all have our, our, our common human problems, old age, sickness, death. We have certain, old men have certain things in common, old women have certain conditions in common. Uh, there are, uh, and then there are cultural perceptions that we all have in common. That is, being born in England, there are certain attitudes and cultural expectations and, and assumptions that are English that say you wouldn't get if you were born into uh, an American family in America. So you have these, these different cultural attitudes uh, having lived in Thailand or here in, in Britain or in America or in India uh, you realize that, that each culture produces its own conditioning uh, assumptions, attitudes that that are, you know, each one is, 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 has its own unique quality. The Englishness, say, as opposed to the identity of, of say, if you were born in Scotland or brought up in, as, as a, one who's a Scot or someone from Ireland or from France. But all these are conditioned into the mind. These are not, these are what we acquire. These are instilled into us after we're born. And so, uh, through mindfulness, we're we're getting beyond just this this conditioning of the mind, the perceptions of the mind, to the pure consciousness, say that isn't conditioned. But which is like the background, or that which is like the the blank, the the tabula rasa, or the the blank sheet, or the the emptiness, or the space in which the, the words are written, or the perceptions are, 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 arise and cease on that blank sheet, on that emptiness. So contemplate this, and say, as you're, uh, say, where, what is it, in what, say, as you're aware, as you begin to listen and watch more, rather than just get in and try to get some kind of uh, samadhi or concentrated states that you read about in the book uh, when you give up trying to attain and achieve and you more or less just uh, relax and watch and listen uh, 
you have a much more of a possibility of realizing that emptiness, the empty mind, or the the non-self, the anatta, shunyata. So relinquishment and abandonment, these words that can sound very heavy uh, to our to to the to the worldly uh, to the worldly mind, it's not it's not it's not a heavy act of annihilation or destruction, but a willingness to to let things go, to allow things to be what they are, to let them cease, to allow them to change and flow, not to hold on, not to identify, not to fix anything, but to trust in just that pure state of aware attentiveness in the present <coughs> moment. And one of the, the uh, big delusions we have, when, whenever we start anything, like when we, we think of ourselves as meditators, we're going to practice meditation, immediately the the conditioning of the mind takes over and we start thinking we've got to do something. So meditation becomes something that I'm doing, something I've got to do. Uh, the, just the, 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 the meditation guides themselves or the, the way that, that it's presented. It's always presented in that you do this, then you do that, and you, you, you've got to have this, and then you've got to have that, and, and uh, the, the uh, descriptions are interpreted in the in to our worldly conditioned mind thinking that I'm somebody who has to do this and then when I reach this stage and I do that and I, and I go on to the next and uh, the, the idea of, of attaining and achieving getting your getting into a stream entry and then uh, from stream entry into the uh, Sakatakami, Anakami, Arahant, this is this fits into the, you know, into uh, the, the university education, into the, into the idea of, of, of getting diplomas, getting certificates. It's interesting to see how in, in, the, in the, say, Western people that ordain, uh, say, in, in, that I know within our uh, Theravada tradition, the, they're, some of them are very intelligent and highly educated uh, beings themselves, but they tend to interpret this, this holy life in terms of attainment and achievement. And uh, the idea of, of attaining stream entry or sotapanna is a very strong perception and desire to, to get this, this state uh, of stream entry, meaning that you realize the path you have this path knowledge, and that means you kind of you've made it. You're over the hump, and and then the but then the the thinking mind, the conditioned mind, tends to see it as an attainment, a personal attainment, something that you that you are going to do that somebody else hasn't done. And then it's interesting within the uh, uh, monastic tradition. Uh, that m monks are not supposed to go around announcing that they've attained anything. <laughs> so it's very frustrating sometimes. In in uh, say in Thailand, for example, you, you you keep thinking, I wonder if Ajahn Chah is a is a is an arahant, because everybody says he is. In Thailand, they all everybody said Ajahn Chah was an arahant, but he never said so. <laughs> so then people then then other people come and they see him maybe uh, smoking a cigarette and they think Arahants wouldn't smoke cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> couldn't be an Arahant I mean he said that we think even you know uh, very deluded people are st aren't smoking these days that is giving up smoking so, I mean Smoking is a sign of, you know, to, to, you know, to become a, a sign of, uh, of just bad behavior to many people. But then, then this, this, but this isn't, this isn't, uh, say, the, the, the mind tends to see an arahant as a kind of, maybe a, uh, a kind of goody-good person that, that uh, has, that is absolutely kind of totally refined, 
and uh, doesn't do anything coarse or do anything that's slightly off, but always perfect in, in appearance, in what they say and how they live. Perfect examples to us continuously. But when you're living with people, you, you begin to see that, uh, that your ideas of how people should be and what you want arahants or teachers to be, is that, that those are ideals that we have that we project on. We want somebody to be perfect for us. And when they seem to, when we see these cracks or these flaws in, 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 the, in the ideal perceptions that we're projecting onto these people, then we become uh, critical, disappointed, disillusioned, doubtful about them. But this is a function of our mind, isn't it? We are creating uh, our own uh, arahants. And therefore, whatever we create in our mind can easily become the opposite. Couldn't be an arahant. Couldn't be an enlightened being. But what we can do is to observe this. This, this whole process of, of, of projection, of creation, of of our ability to, to create an ideal person, of what the ideal teacher would be. And then, and then that idea is, is just that, it's an ideal. Ideals are fixed. They're perceptions. They're petrified and they're, they're, they're always the same. The ideal is, the perfect ideal is always, it's always the same. It's like a, a like a, a marble image. And so much of our disillusionment, unhappiness with ourselves, with the, with the world around us, is through our trying to perceive life in terms of superlatives, of how it should be. By trying to, to, to seek or seek people or project onto <laughs> individuals these, these ultimate kind of perceptions and then expect them to be perfect, uh, uh, like a continuous perception of, of perfection on an ongoing basis. And then they, it, that's not the way it is. So then we, we, uh, we, we become disappointed or disillusioned. You can see like with the, the subject of crazy wisdom, this is last night, uh, sometimes these, these uh, things can happen in which uh, something is totally the opposite of what we expect or imagine is perfect or what should be done is done. And of course we, we, we oftentimes are looking at the, at the person doing it, the teacher or the, the man or the woman who's doing this crazy act and, we, and we're where it can be quite repulsive or quite disappointing, totally upsetting to us. Because we feel that this, uh, the, we, we have to deal with it through justifying it, saying it's crazy wisdom, he's enlightened being, he can do these things. You can't do those things, but he can, because he's enlightened. We can, we can project onto this this being a, a matter that they, they have the right to do anything because they're enlightened and we, we're, we're willing to overlook or justify uh, crude or, or even uh, bad manners or worse than that <laughs> by, say, by our own ability to, to overlook or not to, not to uh, say we don't. We won't allow doubt to arise in our mind in regards to to that person. Or the other extreme is to just think that person is is a, is a bad person, couldn't be enlightened, is, is and and just reject them, dismiss them. Now what we can do in any given moment is be aware of what's actually taking place within us. We can listen to 
what's act, what the, the kind of emotional reactions to the things that we're experiencing. And so, being over the years, one has been involved in listening and hearing and, and, and having discussions about whether Chogyam Trungpa was, what he was doing was, was it, whether it was uh, good teaching or bad, or whether uh, these various uh, Roshis uh, in America that, uh, uh, have, uh, that lived uh, scandalous lives, whether they're, uh, that's a great teaching or whether it's not. Uh, we can become uh, uh, very uh, self-righteous in our own kind of, we, you know, the, uh, our own holding to uh, the ideal way of life as being the only right one. Or we can do the opposite of, of justifying any kind of act as, as uh, just uh, some opportunity to, to look at our own mind and, and not be attached or be, be release ourselves from the from the emotions aroused through those actions. But if we keep to the to this practice of mindfulness, then we it, we realize it's really not up to us to to uh, to make kind of categorical moral judgments, or to it's not up to me uh, to uh, to figure out and to to place these different people in particular categories of being good, bad, or indifferent. I realize that's a relief that, that, that I'm, that, that, that is not my business. Most of those things I hear about, I'm now, I'm not in the situations where they're actually taking place. And so one hears uh, all kinds of uh, different uh, uh, explanations for such behavior. But the, what we can always do is be aware of our own conditioned reactions to these perceptions. Now the establishment of mindfulness needs to be placed on a moral foundation. I mean, you need some some standard, some some kind of basis, uh, criteria to uh, to reflect upon. This is a say the five precepts in the Panchasila is a is is our precepts of of proper kind of restraint, not killing, non violence, not uh, stealing, taking things that don't belong to you, or uh, proper kind of sexual activities, refraining from from uh, uh, wrong kinds of sexual behavior, uh, regards to speech, and regards to uh, addictive drugs, drink. And these these precepts then are something we need to to uh, to try to use in our lives to tr use these these criteria as as standards for, and guidelines for our own uh, actions and speech. And that will help us to be mindful. If we're just coming from ideas about being free and being mindful and, and then doing whatever you want as long as you're mindful, then this, this is an ideal, isn't it? This is, uh, this is the right but not true problem. And it is, uh, and it is right. But it's not necessarily true all the time, see? Because, uh, say, we would fix that. We would grasp that idea that as long as I'm mindful, I can do anything. You, know, you can rob a bank. You can kill kill somebody. All these things we can be mindful while doing them. I think bank robbing must be very mindful and concentrated <laughs> to be able to get away with it. Perform the perfect murder. Be <laughs> and there are people that are trying to, to achieve uh, perfection in crime. And uh, we could say that they have moments of mindfulness while doing these things. 
but they they don't have a standard say of of a moral uh, a moral standard to reflect upon so their 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 mindfulness is about just the kind of mindfulness of a of an animal in a jungle kind of you know that in a, in a dangerous situation where where you 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 might get caught or discovered you you have uh, automatically a lot of mindfulness there when in any any life threatening situation your your instincts take over you become mindful automatically and when you're driving a car something in you you know becomes mindful without you having to think i've got to be mindful because you're the the situation itself demands mindfulness you have to be alert and be aware so that any sudden thing a child running out into the street or a light changing whatever you have you know what to do it all's kind of automatic so in uh, people do like these life threatening situations mountain climbing and and sports and and adventures in which we are right on the edge of death and and we forget about ourselves in our problems where we are with the moment and we we and that that is a kind of exhilaration to that to that state of mind because of the just the the the, the worldly dreariness of life the the grayness the the uh, of of daily life isn't is isn't isn't we're not perceiving life in that way anymore it's it's something very concentrated very one pointed now most of life isn't we can't live life always on the edge i mean we have to most of our life is neither uh particularly exciting uh, or or all that boring it's just what it is we 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 do ordinary things we we eat food we uh take baths we get dressed we get undressed we have to cook food we have to make the bed wash the dishes uh hoover the carpets uh wash the car feed the cat go to work and uh get along with our spouse or children or fellow workers or whatever that, that life is, is is and then maybe on a special day a holiday of some sort we we go up rock climbing or doing something that is really uh, that takes all our wits and all our ability to concentrate and 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 this mindfulness to us to be able to succeed so meditation then is is aimed not at extreme experience of some doing something really dangerous and very uh that that forces you to be mindful but it meditation is usually in places that are safe and uh, and where we uh, are say we we are asked merely to to sit or stand or walk or lie down just four basic postures where we contemplating or learning to develop mindfulness of just the breathing of the body and so the 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 aim then is to is to say observe the all these different habit tendencies of the mind as conditions that arise and cease because in this state where we we not say uh onto some extreme experience then a lot of the the uh, things of the in consciousness say uh, repressed fears and desires and emotional states will rise up they'll they'll reach the surface you you beginning to allow them into a conscious state rather than just going off doing some some distracting thing to avoid it in meditation we're more and more willing to allow say what we do not like or do not want into into consciousness and through that willingness to to see it and to to experience that state in consciousness we we are letting we let go of it abandoning relinquishing that state not suppressing not getting rid of but leaving it alone 
And then this is the way to resolve one's, say, emotional habits, uh, the sense of one's self-importance, the, the self-consciousness, the, the personality, all these can be then accepted but relinquished. And more and more we began to realize the emptiness or the, the non-self of the mind which isn't uh, a state of, of, of annihilation, but a state of peace. It's a natural bliss and serenity that is the, the true nature of things, that we can realize everyone has that potential, that ability to, say, realize the Dhamma, the, the way things really are. What I see now is a more accurate interpretation is that is in terms of we seen the Dharma or the way it is rather than than seeing ourselves becoming anything at all. So the personality, the the uh, the, the self-consciousness, the uh, the fears and desires of the mind are now being observed and accepted. They are what they are. We're not trying to dismiss them or, or add to them or make any, any problem or difficulties around them, but we are willing to let them be what they are. They arise, they cease, they feel this way, they have this quality, but we're not, we're not uh, comparing quality of, the quality of any condition with some other condition. We're recognizing it in that state of awareness of what arises ceases. And in the cessation then there's the, the realization of the peace the, or the, the bliss or the serenity of being. When those moments that, that you have during a meditation where you do experience that real sense of peace and, and bliss, that there's no self in it. Immediately it becomes a problem when you think, I want this you you uh, you experience of have a, have a, a moment or several moments of complete calm and and peacefulness in your mind and then of course if you're not really aware I mean if you start thinking I want this more then of course you lose it and the next day you try to go and meditate and get the same state you can't do it because you you're trying to get something that you remember rather than trusting and letting things drop away, let them fall away, let them go. And there's nothing to fear, there's nothing that you have to become or nothing that you have to get rid of. You don't have to get rid of anything, you're letting things go. That's their, that's their true nature, what arises, what comes, goes, you're just letting things flow. And you, you, you no longer are holding the view that you've got to do something. You've got to become something. And with that, without that pressure, that kind of compulsiveness of the mind, then, then of course our life is uh, one where we, we learn, we understand the truths are revealed to us. The Dhamma is, 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 is the way it is. We, we understand truth and therefore the, the, we're no longer concerned about the, the, uh, the state of the world we, we do the best we can with it but we're not creating or projecting onto any other person or the world we live in all kinds of fears and desires uh, or make endless demands on it and then to endlessly feel disappointed and critical of it because we, we, uh, we, we have this faith, this trust and this wisdom to learn from the experiences of life as, as we uh, are having them, as we grow old, as we, as we uh, experience the, the uh, loss of loved ones or the aging process of the body or the, or, or the final moment of death of the body. But what becomes more apparent is that that's all that dies is the body. 
So you can make statements like, nobody was ever born, nobody ever dies. <coughs> Think conditions arise and cease. But the, the, the conditioned mind can't quite deal with that one. <laughs> we still think in terms of, I was born and I will die. But as you, as you get behind that kind of thinking, as you note that kind of thinking, as just conditions of the mind, the sense of I was born and I will die, then you're no longer uh, holding to those perceptions. So the sense of being somebody who was born or will die, that, that's no longer uh, a, a, an attitude that you will uh, create in your mind. I think in, in um, this consciousness, say that, that the pure state of being is, is the, or the, well, the Buddha nature in Mahayana, or the is the, the, the original mind. Buddha Das used to call it the, the, the original mind. Well, the, the, we always want to have a term for it. Um, we want to, to perceive it as something. But it's really, we don't need to have even a, a, a perception of it because it's a realization that is, is the, the underlying that which is, is, is timeless eternal. In which we say can realize, we can break down the the illusions of ourself as a human body, as a man or woman, as a personality, leaving that purity of that the purity of consciousness. And then our life is one of, of developing, say, of, of, of remembering that, of, because the old habits will easily come back and take us over. But we, we, we know now that we don't, have to, uh, we don't have to fight or resist these habits or make problems around them. We, we learn how to just let go of them, let them be. And they drop away and we find ourselves inclining towards skillful actions or developing skillful means to deal with particular personal uh, obsessions or, or that we, the, the wisdom then is operating in which we can develop uh, techniques or means or, or learn how to use the, the, the uh, conventions that we have, how to take these, say these, these uh, Samatavipassana uh, conventions in Theravada and, and use them rather than just try to get something through 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 hanging on or or attaching to techniques or views about Samatavipassana. I thought we uh, found uh, Francesca's description of the wrathful days. I found that very very good. The, there's a stone that uh, warns you as you stub your toe, and I've found in my own life, as, as soon as I, as, as soon as I think, well, I've really got it together now. I'm okay. Then suddenly a wrathful deity comes. <laughs> Self-congratulation. Beware of it. And you think I'm okay now. Just around the corner is, is a wrathful deity. <laughs> but don't don't get complacent and. Uh, and think that just because there's something that used to bother you doesn't bother you anymore, and as soon as you think that, it probably will come back in a very powerful way. But then don't let that disillusion you. Those, those very incidences, those very experiences are, are the real test. We can, we have to, we can see them in terms of the just I know you. This is this is not. This is uh, you're just another condition arising and ceasing. Rather than oh, I thought I was doing well, and now it's all falling apart. <laughs> we get caught into our own self uh, uh, 
as a doubt or that, then of course it, it's, uh, and we, we give that our attention, we can get lost in, in endless uh, doubts about our practice and ourselves. So I think I've said enough, Jimmy. <laughs> Do we have questions or not? Any questions? If you're not allowed to tell anybody that you've attained enlightenment, or you think you have, <laughs> how does anybody know that anybody's ever attained it? That's the, that's the point. Is it, you, it doesn't matter whether anyone ever attains it. <laughs> because there's nobody that ever gets enlightened. <laughs> There is enlightenment, but nobody ever attains it. So that, I mean, this is where the, that whole thinking, way of thinking, is it doesn't make sense anymore. Like you're conditioned to think that I've attained or I haven't attained. That's how you, that's how one thinks. But as you let go of that, no longer believe in that way of thinking, then then the, the the natural state is enlightened, is the enlightened mind. But it's not like you attain it, it's, it's, it's a realization of it. But it's not personal. Because as soon as you think, I've done it, then it... Then it... Yeah. <laughs> what, please, what is your view of the idea that if you're, say, at the moment of death, you're Final thought is very important because it might condition your next rebirth if you're not an I anyway. Um, it seems to be a very popular idea to exist or inspire, together with Anatta. Well, and uh, just watching how the mind works, you, if you, you know, whatever your in like like with meditation, you're actually training yourself to to let go of things, so that that say when the at the death moment your 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 inclination will be to let go rather than to hold on. And uh, people that that uh, and this I've I've seen like I remember one time I was in. Uh, I've, I used to wonder what would I, what would happen, you know, if I was near to death. What would be in my mind? And and then one time, uh, I was uh, in a, a near traffic accident, and uh, nothing had happened, but it was, looked like we were going to, you know, be hit by another car very badly. And and uh, and I noticed that my mind went quite blank. At that moment, you know, fortunately, it didn't happen. But I was quite relieved to, to <laughs> <laughs> because actually, rather than being having a bad thought, that the mind seemed to go quite empty in, the, in that particular uh, instant. That's when you gained enlightenment. Do you want me to turn this off so you can tell us? <laughs> No, there's no, there's no secret. <laughs> Nobody gets enlightened. <laughs> well, there, there isn't. I mean, all these sense of uh, self, uh, these are just creations of the mind. Isn't <laughs> but the, it doesn't doesn't make sense to think like that. To me, now it doesn't doesn't. Uh, it it's like. Uh, the, the the mind doesn't it doesn't incline towards those kind of thoughts about thinking of, of oneself and, and believing uh, either that you are or you're not. It just seems no longer something uh, important. That this is this is enough. The mindfulness in the moment is 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 uh, where the the peace is, where the truth is.
That's why they, in, in meditation, bringing, just learning to bring attention back to the moment in just little ways, not in big ways of never losing it, but in, well, well it really trust in that. So that you're not, because otherwise, on the personal level, you tend to think in, you know, when you stub your toe or, or break a dish, and say, oh, I'm not being mindful. <laughs> I'm in practicing now for I'm not, I'm just getting worse. And the, the doubting mind will easily convince you that you're somebody who, who's, who's doing it all wrong. Where, where just that awareness of that is enough. And then not to be, let it take you over, not to believe it and follow and get stuck with that with self-disparagement or doubt. Just let it go. Mm -hmm.